0: welcome to establish the edge i'm your host mike leone i'm here with pat who's trying to throw me for a loop right as we're going live asking if he's delayed and now i don't know i don't know pat are you delayed
1: yeah well i don't know i mean you're it seems oh, no. like i am am i all right i don't think so i'm gonna okay all right well let's let's do no. it
0: we're off to uh, a really smooth start here um as pat and i have tons of lineups to make together this is how we're starting things off but if you didn't catch it yesterday check out the nffc version uh that i did with chris vicaro of the athletic the nffc game is a true galaxy brain game so it was a lot of fun to talk through that gonna be fun to make teams uh I i will probably have a ton of fun making nffc teams but as far as the site that I'm playing more on it's gonna be FFPC in part because it's easier to make teams and uh, it's a game pat that I I always tell people it seems really simple but it's like surprisingly like sneakily complex. Yeah it is sneakily complex and I think I, I love this tournament partly
1: because like it's it's extremely simple but then that puts everything you know, all the strategy in terms of uh, game theory based on what other people are going to do. So it's, there's really like, it takes you two seconds to understand the tournament where the NFC one, you know, I listened to the episode that you did there <laughs> and you are like, oh yeah, I didn't put together sort of like a fundamental way of like, you don't know, you know, the kicker defense point you're making of like, I've got to, you know, it, ta- it might take you like a couple years to like really get how to play that tournament. Um, and that tournament like boggles my mind. But this one is really, really simple. What it is, is that you you pick one player from every team to fill out an FFPC lineup. This FFPC lineup has 12 spots. There's 14 teams. So you're not going to pick any uh, players from two of these two playoff teams. Then you also have a kicker and defense spot to fill. So I call these soft fades, where you would really prefer the kicker and defense picks to lose in the first round. Uh, I believe it was FTN had an article where they were pointing out, you're not dead if your kicker or defense advanced to, but certainly wouldn't be like hoping for that to happen. You also have a uh, tight end premium because it's FFPC. So I think you will see some tight ends in the flex this year. Probably not a ton. Like last year, I believe people on average played 1.25 tight ends. think that might be up a bit from last year. But generally, you know, we see a lot of running back in the flex. We'll, we'll see plenty of wide receiver in the flex. Uh, I think, like, on average, people will play between four and five wide receivers, something like that. So, uh, you got your four flex spots two running back, two wide receiver, your quarterback. The only other twist is that the Super Bowl is worth double points. And, you know, traditionally, that's meant that people are generally going for quarterbacks who they think have a very good chance of making the Super Bowl. You also do have, uh, you know, the added like if you can get a quarterback who's going to play four games instead of just three, right? So the advantage that let's say Josh Allen has on an Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes has on an Aaron Rodgers, they get to the Super Bowl, they get the double points going against Rodgers who had a bye in the first round. So uh, I think that's that pretty much sums up the basic strategy.
0: Yeah, and where it gets, first of all, shout out to Murphy, although I think he, he left the shot now, but we got a little bit of Murphy action uh pat's dog in the background for those of you listening on podcast you did not get the murphy action uh but i did so i'm grateful for that but where it gets complex like pat described the game it seems really simple you know take one player per team you know leave two off and and get rolling where it's confusing is you're not always comparing players like directly to one another like it's not just does Josh Allen outscore Tom Brady? It's like, does Josh Allen outscore the next closest? Does Josh Allen outscore Stefan Diggs more than Tom Brady outscores Mike Evans, you know, and there's right. a lot of, and it's and that
1: times like, and Gronk.
0: Yeah. And Gronk. Yeah. And it gets, it gets convoluted, you know, cause it's not just two teams. It's 14 teams that you're doing that math on across. And that's where it's a really interesting game. And, to help me think through the dynamic of, you know, not just your positional value, like where do you rank relative to everybody else at your position, but your team value, I really like to think through scenarios and like draft these things scenario based. Uh, I think Allen's a good example for Buffalo, where if he goes to the Super Bowl, it's just really hard to not see Josh Allen in the optimal lineup with his rushing ability and the Bills spread the ball around a little bit and they're going to score a ton. And, you know, there's just aren't a lot of paths to somebody else being, being the optimal. Whereas if you put Kansas city in that same spot, you know, Mahomes is a favorite to be in the optimal, but Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey can put up some pretty big games and outscore him, especially with the variance in the super bowl. Would that mean two X there's a little bit more. And then like on the exact opposite end of the spectrum would be a team like green Bay where you know, Devontae Adams might be favored over Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl just because of the way that they're they're going to score points. So it, it is important to understand your scenario where, you know, if you think the Bills are going to go to the Super Bowl, you almost have to have Allen, uh, and then that'll affect what you do on KC, and, and it'll flow through to the rest of your lineup.
1: Yeah, I agree, because I think with Allen, you just have, you know, so many less ways that it can go wrong for like, – you know, single, like basically you're fading Singletary and Diggs. No one's really going to play anyone else on those team, anyone else on the Bills. Um, you point out the Chiefs stuff. One thing with, you know, Hill and Kelsey, obviously they could have the big game in the Super Bowl and pass him. I think there's also the chance that like no one no one's gonna play the KC running backs, and they shouldn't. They're not good plays. But we've seen the Chiefs, you know, when they've made runs before, they've leaned on the running game. So you could see like you know, it could be split up three ways and and not help anybody where you're you know, maybe Derek Gore snipes a touchdown, you get CEH, <laughs> yeah. you get Daryl Williams, it's all split up. But Mahomes doesn't have a huge Super Bowl and you know, Tyree uh Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, let's say Travis Kelsey because the tight end premium racks up catches, you know, they so there's there's outs beyond just like the 40 point Tyreek game or the the 40 point Kelsey game in the Super Bowl where you could you could make up a lot of ground. On Mahomes. And I, I think that's a bit harder for Allen just because of the, the rushing touchdown equity. And he's probably outscored uh, Singletary, I think, in particular, over like a three or four game run. Uh, like you, you probably already have a lead going into the Super Bowl with that. Yeah.
0: So uh, the question I asked Chris yesterday, I'll ask you today is kind of like, a good spot to start now that we got that, you know, kind of logistics out of the way is, you know, what are the mistakes people make? You know, the, the most common mistakes you see people making when they're, they're setting their FFPC lineups for this.
1: I think the most common mistake is like, you're thinking, you know, okay, I need to get off the board here. Cause there's going to be a lot of chalk in this tournament. Um, and, and one of the fun parts about this tournament is that you can play a lot of chalk, but then and you play like a lot of just really good players, but then you know, you kind of you're like, well, then I'll go ahead and I'll get off the board and I'll play like Cedric Wilson or I'll play Gabe Davis. And I I think like Tyler Boyd is gonna be one percent. I think, yeah, uh, you know, I think like Mike Evans is gonna be fairly contrarian. I think, you know, there's a lot of guys that are gonna be like Amari Cooper will be fairly contrarian because you've got Zeke, you've got CeeDee Lamb, you've got uh, Dalton Schultz. So that's going to get split up on the Dallas side a fair amount. And there's just not that much room for a guy like Cooper. So I think the biggest mistake would be like if you're, if you're playing Cedric Wilson, sure, Cedric Wilson could be in the optimal. It's not possible. But you're taking on a lot more risk to play him versus Amari for not even that much more gain because – the chalk really does tend to condense in this tournament in, in pretty massive ways. Like, we you know, we saw uh, multiple players around 70% own uh, in the tournament last year. And I think you'll see multiple players even higher than that. I think we could have Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup both 80% plus this year.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's a good point. I kind of put the cutoff... Like, Odell Beckham for me is, like, on the edge of the cutoff of, yeah. like, h- how deep I'll get. Like, he's kind of a good... You know the Mendoza line, you if you will, or whatever, because you you to your point, like you can get so constrained without going super thin. Like you start getting into third, fourth wide receivers on teams. I was just on a podcast and they were not the hosts were talking about, but they they had our people talking about like Zay Jones as a play, and it's like I'm not saying it's impossible that he's going to be in the optimal lineup, but it's it's pretty unlikely and. and You know, play Tyler Boyd at one percent, like to your point, instead, and um, I don't think Waller's going to be that popular. Yeah, Hunter Renfro
1: is a great play. Um, Yeah, Waller and Renfro, I think, will be will be fairly tame. Because the other thing to think through is everyone has to fade four teams, right? You've got your kicker and defense, and then two teams you're not selecting. So I'm I'm considering kicker and defense essentially fades, and so you're fading four teams. It's hard to, you know, like you're, you're not fading green Bay, right. Who could, you know, you're not, most people aren't fading the Titans, although I think some people will. So you're fading four of the six wild card teams and you know, you're in a spot where it's like, sure. You'd love everyone would would be, you know, it'd be very fun to play the Cincinnati game as a shootout, you know, but it's also fun to play the San Francisco game as (laughs) a shootout. You know, there's fun to play a bunch of these games. It's fun to play, Mm -hmm. uh, Ben Roethlisberger throwing a bunch of times against the cheap. Like there's a bunch of ways, or you can get Najee Harris, who's not going to be like super high owned, you know, stud running back, workhorse running back. There's not a ton of them in this tournament. So there's actually some pretty attractive options on teams that a lot of people are ultimately going to have to fade because they don't have very good chances of playing two games and they have very low chances of making the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. And this year I feel like it's even more difficult. I mean, we've got, So kind of two big spread games on both sides of the bracket. You've got Kansas city Pittsburgh with 12 and a half point spread. Then you've got a fairly sizable spread, not quite that big in the Tampa Bay Philly game, but then it starts getting tight. I mean, you're, you're looking at what, like five point spreads, I think across, you know, or, or tighter. I, I think at one point, I think Las Vegas was six and a half point dogs, but I think the latest I saw was five or five and a half. So it's, like a lot of things can happen and I do think people are going to undervalue bracket chaos you know we always assume things are going to go logically and especially this year it's really wide open so you mentioned the Raiders oh good like the Raiders guys are interesting to me where again you're going to have to play skill players on teams that are one and done like it just physically impossible not to so some guys like waller jacobs i almost feel like okay the, these guys because people are going to hard fade them so much or soft fate soft or hard fade them so much like they might be undervalued in a one and done build and then you sort of free roll the chances that oh like what if they actually win win a game um so right. I, I do like pairing those guys with you know, a Cincy player and you're kind of playing like the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game last year where you just had to have a player from both sides of that game last year in the wild card round.
1: Yeah, and I also think like you can kind of think through the scenarios too of like, okay, you want to play that that game as a shootout and you'd like the out of, um, you know, the Raiders potentially advancing. Maybe you play that with a Patriots upset because the Patriots would then go to the Titans and you know raiders chiefs is probably a higher scoring environment than raiders titans so you can kind of think through stuff like that like all right i'm you know if i re- if this really helped me out how would it actually play out in the bracket cast and the patriots one i mean that's i think that's the one the field is going to struggle with a lot and like rightfully so because it's just like <laughs> you can see you being right about the patriots winning the game and then still not gaining that much from it, right? Because yeah. So when you look at one thing I'm looking at is like projecting the total number of fades um for these teams relative to their chances of playing two games or making the Super Bowl. And I think the Patriots are gonna be heavily faded relative to their chances of making the super like way more than is like optimal relative to their chances of playing a second game or even you know making a a three or four game run at the same time. Like, what are you supposed to do? Cause I, you know, I just talked about how you're not, it's not a great idea. Like don't play Kendrick Bourne, but you can easily see, right. They beat the, they beat the bills. It's cause Kendrick Bourne has some goofy yards after catch. He's got like 110 yards and a touchdown. Damien Harris has 80 yards he, on 15 carries. Doesn't score has one catch for two yards like you could pretty easily see the Patriots defense being the highest scoring player in round one. And then they advance and it's like, and that's, it's a, it's a real conundrum because I think uh, there's an opportunity to play the Patriots, but at the same time, it makes a ton of
0: sense why no one wants to do it. Yeah. I mean, you could easily see a two game scenario where new England's D is still in the optimal, (laughs) which is hard to see for anybody else. Oh, man, what about the full Galaxy Brain, Pat? Soft fades on Buffalo and New England in the same bracket.
1: (laughs) Not really, but I think... That's that's actually, you talk about the biggest mistake. You will see that every... I was kind of giving the the audience more credit, but you'll see that in the tournament where you'll see like Buffalo defense, New England kicker, or Buffalo defense full fade on New England. And that is actually the biggest mistake because you're going to have one of those teams play two games. Like that just has to happen and you've really put yourself behind the eight ball like it's a pretty thin outcome for for that to ultimately be the optimal bracket
0: yeah and the reason why the soft fades are on the one and done team again when you look at the gaps you know a wide receiver outscores the defense by let's say six points in round one like each additional game that gap is growing basically is what's happening and that's why you don't it, again, the FTN article Matt Jones, I think Chris Wecht, I uh, apologize if I mispronounced that, worked on it wh- is pretty good, and they kind of showed that you could survive some of those, but you definitely not, you're definitely not aiming for it.
1: They also talked um, about how your quarterback, if you get a big enough score early, you don't have to have your quarterback in the Super Bowl, and certainly there's some Super Bowls that, um, you know, like if you have a Green Bay KC Super Bowl, you know, the optimal. Uh, lineup for this year might not have one of those quarterbacks. It might have a quarterback who even lost a couple rounds before the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. And you do again, thinking backwards, if you do get some Super Bowls like a Tennessee green Bay or something, you know, it does expand the available quarterback pool of like who could be played just because there's a chance Tennessee green Bay that, you know, it's Devonte Adams and Derrick Henry or Devonte Adams and AJ Brown, even with those, quarterbacks getting the extra games and then that's
1: Tennessee's a better example than than Casey because Mahomes has such a good chance but
0: yeah but even Mahomes I mean Tyreek and Kelsey depending on how concentrated it is could really really go nuts back to New England though I think uh, the where where I'm at is I think I want to be slightly overweight like Harris Jacoby Hunter Henry but like not Not a ton collectively, you know, like just a sliver, just because of what you said, where like they're undervalued to go to the Super Bowl. And like, I almost care about the big runs for New England more than the two game run because of everything we just said. But even they get the AFC championship game, like then at that point, there's going to be a skilled player. And if you just, if you think logically too, and this is something Herzig talks about a lot with the underdog uh, fantasy football and why you want, you know, it's better to have the best players on a team less likely to win than the worst players on a team more likely to win. If that team wins, there's a correlation in that those players are probably performing better than we're projecting or expecting. In Damien Harris's case, in particular, you know the touchdown equities likely a lot higher.
1: Yeah, Damien Harris, I like uh, because that's one thing I try to think through is how is this team winning? Uh, you know, the Titans a couple years ago. And even last year, Derrick Henry was was big time chalk. But I think uh, two years ago, he was he was also really big chalk. And you're like, all right, well, if they make a run, and it's it's also true for this year, if they make if the Titans make a run, it's going to be because Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. Like he's just going off. Uh, And I think the Patriots are designed fairly similarly. Where if they beat the Bills, like we've seen them play the Bills twice, we know what they're going to try to do. We know it's going to be like five degrees. They're probably going to be uh, running a ton of Damian Harris. Uh, so, yeah, I think... And also, I, th- I think that game's a little interesting if you play it uh, to be higher scoring than people think it will be uh, compared to like the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game last year. No one thought that would really shoot out. It did. Uh, you had the running back. You have a wide receiver on the other side. Uh, two wide receivers you could really have chosen from. Uh, and then you get... Uh, chubb advancing another round chubb would be harris in this case and uh you know chubb ends up being the guy that you need
0: yeah i i see that but i also see correlating damien harris with the bill soft fade just because people aren't going to soft fade the bills much right and if it is a cold low scoring game damien harris just touches the ball 25 times the you know like I, the wind game was different. This is not the wind game. The Bills played against the Patriots to be very clear, uh, even though it's like insanely cold. The weather is not going to be that bad, but like if you do look so at that game, they'll throw more bit, than 3 times. Yeah. <laughs> they only three throw 3 times so and I we could... lose again. I will be at that game freezing my ass off. I will you might not see me again if we lose two three attempts. I, 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 I get it, man.
1: I get it. 6 <laughs> attempts, 6 attempts, two losses.
0: But there was like nobody scoring on it. Like the, I don't even know who the Bills' highest score was that game. Like right. it was, like so that that's one where you could do Harris and the soft fade on the Bills' side. And like I'm a huge Bills fan. I have tickets on them to win the Super Bowl. But I really try to, and it depends if you're making like one. If like if you're making one team, you one or two teams, you might go with your gut a little bit more in terms of how the bracket's gonna gonna play out. If you're making like ten teams. Then I'm gonna start saying, okay, well, New England beats the Bills 30% of the time, according to the Vegas line. And I'm not gonna to get too like prideful on nah, the Bills are definitely gonna win and play 10 Bills win teams. And and even
1: if you even if you discount it and say, like the Bills win uh the Bills or the, the Patriots win three of these 10 times, but in one of these 10 times, I'm not gonna pick the right Patriot, So I'm gonna to- I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play it like they only win two out of ten times. Like I think that's okay.
0: Yeah. But and same with the Steelers and the Raiders. I mean, the Eagles. Even like these teams seem like big underdogs, and they are. But like the Steelers are the biggest dogs, and I think this line gives them like a fifteen percent chance of winning. And again, to your point, I might discount that down to like ten. But even that's right. probably playing it more than the field is going to play it.
1: The Steelers are interesting cuz I don't know that that's sorta I don't think that's true partly because I think people will play both sides. Like you're
0: right yeah. No
1: one is going to do Steelers uh KC full fade. Right? Or Casey like the, I think about 1% or 2% of the field will not select Mahomes or a Chiefs skill player. So to that point it will be way under-owned. However, I think you know, a fair amount, probably like 40 to 45 percent of the field will have a Steelers skill player. So there'll be plenty of people who feel okay about it if the
0: Steelers advance as long as they didn't have Mahomes on the other side. Uh, One thing to note, too, you know, it is a pretty top heavy contest. Keep that in mind. Someone was asking about uh, being able to see other teams' rosters after they're entered, I'm pretty sure from the leaderboard you can see every team's rosters. Unfortunately, they don't have like a nice CSV download. But listen, we're uh, in like year ten of FanDuel still not having a CSV download. So uh, it it is it is what it is, what it is at this. Also,
1: point. Also, Fantasy Mojo will have the uh, have the uh, ownership after lock.
0: Oh yeah, perfect. So you know you definitely do have the transparency on, on the teams that are out there. Um, Mojo is really good at grabbing all of the FFPC data for pretty much everything that they do. Um, okay. So if we're thinking of like, it's hard because I wanted the galaxy brain with you, Pat, but like we kind of just went through why you don't need to <laughs> totally galaxy brain uh, this contest. But talking through underdogs that could win, do you want to get your thoughts on Hertz as a play where it's hard to see Philly advancing really far, which you generally need for a quarterback? But I do see, you know, the telling yourself a story, if Philly wins one or two games, like Hertz could separate from his teammates at a much faster rate than other quarterbacks because of the the really unique rushing upside there. So he's not someone I would play a ton of, but I'm like somewhat interested in a sprinkle.
1: I think a sprinkle makes sense. And I think people will sprinkle him in. Mm-hmm. I, it is a little tough for me to see it being Hurts because partly the I think we're looking at winds and rain in Tampa Bay. Yeah. So it's not going to be like this amazing high scoring game environment potentially in round one. And then if they win, they have to go to Green Bay. So now we're looking at like a frozen, you know, Lambeau Field game. And maybe we get a lot of rushing from Hurts in that game. But, you know, the Packers play slow. Steel or the uh the Eagles have been very run heavy for the second half of the season. So yeah, I mean two games out of Hurts, you're you're in business. Um, but at the same time, I don't know, there will be Goddard teams. You know, the, it's not like yeah, it's not like even that is kind of definitely getting you there. And and it's pretty they're pretty big dogs to
0: Tampa Bay. That Tampa Bay game being low scoring with it with the weather there i mean do you see like a tampa bay defense soft fade a little bit that's where it gets weird like what would like would you play like goddard to like limit your quarterback risk and then like do that with tampa bay defense maybe if you wanted to play a tampa bay loses team
1: i think you could do a tampa bay loses team with Fournette as well because it's like just dump off city um, mm-hmm. I think Fournette will ultimately be the chalk on Tampa Bay because you don't have to really necessarily project what's going to happen in the game. Like you could play a, uh, an Eagle opposite uh, Fournette, and it's like, well, I'm you know I'm going to get all the dump off passes, and then I, you know hopefully this game is is fairly high scoring, and then it doesn't really matter who advances. I'll I'll just get either guy, uh, and. Pete Overs, was making this point last night on our ship chasing pod with San Francisco, where if you take Eliza Mitchell, you have to basically be betting on positive game script. If you take Kittle, you're betting on a more specific, you know, Kittle goes nuts outcome. Debo Samuel, because he's got that rushing element and because he, he can also just be a true wide receiver, he kind of fits all game scripts. He's the most likely to score like in any given game. Debo's the the most likely to score. So uh, he's kind of in the Goldilocks zone there. I think Fournette's the same way where you don't have to, uh, you don't have to like project as much. He just feels more comfortable.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And running back in general is somewhat tough. It's, I feel like it's a really unique field compared to what we've had the last couple of seasons. I'd, first started taking this more seriously two years ago and it went mega chaos the first year i started taking it seriously that was the year that minnesota beat the saints in the first round as like 14 point dogs i believe san francisco went to the super bowl but kittle stunk I something. yeah it was a raheem mostert year it was like mostert And Kevin Coleman, like, I think each had a four touchdown games at different points during the playoffs. And Lamar was one and done. And like, literally the three chalkiest players were all like, you could have faded them all. It was pretty insane. And again, like going back to the galaxy brain stuff, like sometimes just fading guys is enough versus trying to find like these 0.5% owned players that like are drawing really thin. Like you could, you could have made really good lineups that year without those guys, um, and not having to reach insane and then last year was it played out a little bit chalkier I'm trying to remember exactly what happened it played out a little bit chalkier overall but running back was we had Kamara and Henry at like 80% like they were like mega mega owned this year Henry and Fournette look like the chalk, but with them coming back from injuries and people like down on Tampa Bay a little bit, or I mean down on Tennessee a little bit, they seem like they're chalk, but not as insane chalk. But at the same time, like it's not super deep the way these teams operate. And part of this is just the way the NFL is shifting and like why we like zero running back in traditional fantasy. But it's tough where Najee Harris would be mega chalk if his team had a better chance of advancing and, you know, Mixon's on a team that also has Burrow and two pass catchers people are going to play. Like, it's a really weird year at running back. It is. And I keep,
1: uh, Mixon and Chase is like one of these decision points for the field that I think is really interesting because if you look at projections, like I think the last time I looked at the ETR projections, you guys had Mixon ahead of Chase and T. Higgins because <clears throat> you have to split that pass. You can't you can't just project Jamar Chase for the blow up, massive blow-up game Uh, And you can't project T. Higgins for that either. So, uh, you know, Mixon kind of pops in that sense. Um, But at the same time, we just saw the massive blow-up game from Chase. It's top of mind. We know how high his ceiling is. I think he'll ultimately be the the most known guy on the Bengals. But I think Mixon won't be that far behind because of the dynamics around running back. My feeling on Fournette is that we're going to get the Arians quote tomorrow that he's good to go. Ronald Jones is doubtful. He's not going to end up playing this week. Um, I I think they're going to have to lean on Fournette, and that'll become very clear. And you guys, I think, have Fournette as the top projected guy in the entire playoffs. Yeah, skill players. So, Um, projection wise, I I think people are going to start to feel more and more comfortable. You know, over the next like day and a half about Fournette. If we don't get that news, uh, then you know I'll kind of rethink that take, but. Yeah, Fournette and Mixon, the top
0: two guys uh, in in your projections here. Um, Yeah, if we go points per game, it's Fournette, Henry, Mixon. And the Mixon thing is weird where he's going to project better because he gets all the running back work, but he's kind of a dog to one of T. Higgins or Jamar Chase. We just don't know which one. Um,
1: Exactly, yeah, which is why I think ultimately people will play more Chase because they'll go, I know which one. Chase, <laughs> you know, yeah, and uh, and I think that's fine, like, it totally could be chased. I think Higgins is very interesting, though, if he ends up like you know more in the high teens as opposed to those guys being both above 30%, which I, which is how I have it right now.
0: Yeah, I could see him getting squeezed just because, like, last year when we had Metcalf Lockett, it, it was Metcalf 40%, Lockett 20 now it's kind of like a similar dynamic but then you throw in Mixon where people might go, okay, Chase, and instead of pivoting to, to T, they go, I'm going to play Mixon. And then you could see where it's like 40, 40, 10, or it probably won't be quite that high because that's too high collectively, but something in that vein. Someone said last year, uh, Dan Masterson, last year you needed Akers and Chubb. The Acres play last year was insane where he was kind of like the clear best player on his team, but because he was this road dog, And because we had those more obvious running back plays that were like 80% owned up top, he really didn't get played. And I keep asking you, I keep pestering you like, oh, is this guy this year's acres? And it might just not exist because I think Najee is going to get played enough that he's not 10%. And I'm having a tough time finding like like who would this year's acres, like Miles Sanders feels too thin I mean, I guess Elijah Mitchell's close, but he has way more competition among his teammates than than Acres ever did. Uh Acres was more of like him versus all the people fading or soft fading the Rams last year. So, I don't know Is there anyone you see that's like similar to that or or not really this year.
1: Well, the two candidates are Damian Harris because the dynamic mm-hmm. was um that was a low total game, right? You got to think back, it's like the got the last The dregs of the the golf era of of the Rams
0: was Um, that a Wolford game?
1: Oh, that was it.
0: I think think it it hurt
1: during the game, or was he going into the game?
0: I think he played, and then Golf played in round two against Green Bay. That might be right. Yeah, that might be right. I'd forgotten that. So okay,
1: so it's even worse than I was remembering. But no one wanted (laughs) it. No one wanted to touch that game. And uh, I think you know you had like seventy percent or more. Just faded the game, and it's not like the the Seahawks were like massive, massive favorites. So it was over. Is one of these situations like the Patriots where it's going to be overfaded relative to the the team's chances of playing two games? Yeah. Um. And and the team won the Rams won because of Acres. So that's it's very similar to playing Damian Harris. You know, you need them to beat the, the Bills through the ground game. Um, it doesn't feel comfortable to make that bet, but you can certainly see how it, it happens. The other guy, and this is like, it might be like a really bad play, but I think the other candidate is James Connor, uh, who's a game time decision and plays Monday night. So like, you, mm-hmm. if you want to set $200 on fire or 35, there's two tournaments, by the way, there's a 200 and a 35, 35 ones bigger. But if you do want to go galaxy brain, like if you do like really just want to play, um, you know Cedric Wilson or Gabriel Davis, or whatever that actually can make sense. I think in the thirty-five dollar one, you, you can get a, like a little more off the board. But um, anyway, if you want to just like set money on fire right away, <laughs> Connor's out for that game, you know, and then the uh, the Cardinals lose, and you're you're you know you're huge, you're John, you're not going to win. Um, but I think he's the other candidate. Uh, Edmonds, we don't know if we're going to get him, and so yeah, you can kind of. I, again, I don't even know if that's a good play. Like acres, I think was an awesome play last year. Connor feels like very scary and, and somewhat thin, but he would be the other guy, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, the other thing that's interesting to me is yeah, we talk about like building to a bracket, but also there are some guys that can fit like multiple brackets that are kind of interesting to me. And Again, that goes back to if you get, especially a quarterback, if you get the Super Bowl between Green Bay, Tennessee, possibly Kansas City, the quarterbacks like Kyler, Dak are a little bit interesting to me, where it's like they can get the NFC championship game. Now you've got a a setup where it it doesn't matter if they, not that it doesn't matter if they win or not, because you prefer that they win, but like you have outs where, okay, they lose to Green Bay, but Adams is just such an alpha that, it doesn't matter. And then the AFC side, you're just basically hoping for not Buffalo and you're still somewhat drawing live. So do like Dak and Kyler, um, anybody in general that you think's just like a little under the radar or, or, or the opposite just overplayed.
1: I like Dak and Kyler too. I think both of those are good plays. Uh, it seems to me that, you know, the kind of, if you, if you want to talk about the, uh, The same setup as we had with Acres last year. I think to to some extent it is that L.A. Cardinals game because people viewed the Seahawks as very easy. You played one of DK or Lockett, and you moved on with your life. Like there wasn't no one was really playing Russ. Um, I I forget he was like four or five percent, and you know no one was really playing Carson. So, oh Chase Chase Sedman says he's suiting up Monday. Um, but yeah, which again, it makes it, it makes it tough to actually play Connor, but you could certainly see it working, but the, the LA thing, right. Everyone is just going to play Cooper cup. Like they're not overthinking it. I don't think (laughs) they're just, it's like, yeah, yeah, playing Cooper cup. And because you're playing Cooper cup, when you look at, okay, well then who do I fade? I'll play the Cardinals D or I'll play Prater. It's just really easy to slot in cardinals dear prater when you are lock buttoning cooper cup as i think most of the field will do and and obviously it's easy to understand why so just getting a cardinal doesn't have to be connor just getting a cardinal in i think will be like underplayed because the other guy i mean the guy that you know most people will be on i think is zach ertz you know i spent the summer like like basically almost as a bit touting zach ertz and (laughs) and people were like mad at me (laughs) they just hated hearing it. No one wants to play. So you're not going to get Zach Ertz at like 35%. You're just not. No one's going to, it's gross. No one's going to do it. He's going to be like 22, 23, something like that, I think. So uh, that's just going to leave a lot of room for Cardinals D, Cardinals kicker. I don't know if you'll see quite as much just pure hard fade, but um, especially if like people are starting to get squeamish about James Connor, you know, some of that will go to Ertz. Some of that will go to Kirk. A little bit of that will go to Kyler, but I think, you'll also have a chunk of that going to more fades and more just look, cup's going to be awesome cup. I'm going to get three games out a cup. I'm not, you know, the Cardinals stink. I'm out.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to ask if AJ green is too dusty. If I say yes, the answer is yes. And I think he's below the Odell Beckham line that we started at the beginning of the show where Pat just walked through out. People are, are going to underplay Cardinals in general, like your edge is playing a Cardinal. So like, why, Press that further than you need to by taking, you know, the fourth and line type guy. Like Christian Kirk yeah. might be single digits. Like, he yeah, will. it's not a 1% play. And yeah, so like, I mean, like, play Christian Kirk. Like, you're not, it's not the same as AJ Green at like 1%, but like, i can be Kirk at 8%. We don't need to go, go to Galbrain
1: and, or play Ertz, you know? I got to Tat Ertz again. I got, I got the chance to Tat Ertz.
0: Let's do it. Got to do it. All what, right. One does last he, scenario. Where's he
1: stand in target share, Leonie? On the Cardinals.
0: I've got Ertz one right now. (laughs) I knew. So you throw in the tight end premium scoring. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I mean, the the tight end premium scoring. (laughs) I hate you so much right now. What does it do for Ertz?
1: Is it good or bad?
0: I, I can't tell if you're like needling me over like the Earth's success over your your touting. No, the I'm just season. trying to get
1: you to tell Earth's and, and see how uncomfortable it is.
0: No one wants I, to do it. I already like awkwardly flag planted him on an earlier show this week. And that was enough for me. All right. Well, OK. Last scenario before we get out of here, Pat. Uh, Levitan just told me it sounds like CH is not looking great to play. Uh, we'll check, you know, we're gonna leave him in our projections until we get word later in the day. Is Daryl Williams in a Casey loss? Or not even Casey loss, but you could play like Daryl with a Pittsburgh skill player. Like is is is, would you play Daryl Williams? Is the I'm asking that in a very convoluted way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think he's fine. If if CH is out, I think you could definitely play Daryl Williams because you you can get, I mean, even with CH out, he's probably going to be like 5%. So you're really hoping for the loss. But I don't think you're like completely dead just because of the touchdown equity. Yeah. Like if he's if he's in round two, um, you know, like they could be, they could end up playing like the Raiders in round two.
0: Uh, and if you're Ch dead, is you're out. You probably did it Bones the Raiders game. But it's, it's a good chance that he... I mean, if he's out, that means he obviously wasn't healthy enough to play, which means he might, even if he returns round two, he might not be full C.E.H., and you already hit on the high-value touches, might go to Daryl regardless, you know, the pass catching and the goal right. line roll.
1: Yeah, I think it's in play. It's not like, you you know, you, you'd, you'd, you'd want to sprinkle it in. Whereas, like, I don't think I'll have a single uh KC running back lineup if if uh CH is active.
0: All right, Pat, thanks so much for joining me going over the FFPC stuff. Really fun game. i uh, definitely suggest trying this one. Try the NFFC game. It's going to going to keep your playoffs fun. And yeah, I can't wait. We've got a bunch of teams to make, so I'm excited for that. Best of luck everybody if you're listening please rate review us on itunes same thing on youtube you can subscribe give us a thumbs up helps the podcast a ton i also right, say we're luck. doing
1: more content on ship chasing about
0: the uh, oh the yes ship chasing i will be on ship chasing tomorrow night and that is friday night at 9 15 and you guys have another episode tonight you guys are running the gauntlet with an episode each week so you can go back and watch the ones Monday through Wednesday. Who what's the uh the agenda tonight for ship chasing?
1: Tonight, 9 15, we have Sean Siegel on.
0: Oh, Sean Siegel, the godfather, makes an appearance.
1: He uh the word is he he likes playing four
0: wide receivers in the flex. I don't believe it. I'm not gonna <laughs> buy I don't buy it. He's he's gonna be jamming running back after running back. Yeah. All right, so make sure you check that out on the ship chasing YouTube page tonight, 915. I'll be on there again tomorrow at 915.